Good morning. Well, today we get to start our new series. We're calling it Seasons. And, you know, in our lives that we have uh, different seasons naturally in our lives. Uh, you know, you start off as a baby and uh, get to go to toddlers and adolescence and then the fun time of puberty, right? And, uh, and so, you know, in life there's naturally different seasons uh, that we have. And, and it's the same thing in our spiritual lives is that we have different seasons. And, and it's not necessarily linear that these seasons come, but they kind of come in cycles in our life. And, and so in this series, we're going to look at the life of Moses and I, I, love, I love studying Moses. He was uh, one of the greatest leaders of all times. I mean, if you think about it, uh, he took a, a shepherd who, uh, who had a stutter, who, who, who didn't communicate well, and he took a, a shepherd and, and made him into a leader of over a million people and led them out of Egypt all the way to the edge of the promised land. And uh, Moses is a, a great study, and I love studying in the life of Moses because there's so much good stuff that we can learn uh, from Moses. But in Moses, we can see different seasons in his life uh, that he went through uh, as, as a leader, as a person, and uh, going to kind of play off of that. But I want to start off in Ecclesiastes and uh, chapter 3, and just talking about different seasons in our life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 and you can sing along with me here. Um, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. Excuse me. A time to be silent and a time to speak. We need to hear that one, don't we? A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has, given, he, he has also set eternity uh, in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And so this is kind of a hard verse uh, to read. You know, there, there are certain scriptures in the Bible that are just like, God, I don't really like that scripture. Does anybody have those scriptures you read and you're just like, mm, God, I don't like that one. <laughs> you know, but it's scripture, you know, and so we know that it's true. We know that it's right. But, uh, you know, not everything in life is what we want it to be, right? And, you know, we, we like those times, you know, the, the good things in life. You know, the time to be, a time to be born, a time to plant, heal, build, laugh and dance, embrace, search, keep going, mending, speaking, Loving and peace. You know, we love those times in life to when it was the good things, but there's also seasons of time when uh, it's not always good. And, you know, I think lots of times we have this in our mind that, you know, if something bad is going on in our life, then there's something wrong with me. And, and that's not necessarily the case. There's times to when things aren't just going right. You know, we live in a fallen world where sin is rampant and, you know... Sometimes things just don't go the way that we want them to. 
Now, there's lots of bad in the world. There's lots of things that happen in this world that it's because of sin. And so, you know, you can even see this in politics. You know, people are always against war, and war is never a good thing. But the Bible says that there's a time for war and that there's a time for peace. You know, there's a time to, to, to gather, and there's times to, to, to spread things out. And, and, you know, there's a time and a season for everything. And I love what it says here in verse 11. It says, He made everything beautiful in its own time. See, I, I believe that we all go through seasons in our Christian walk. And they all have a purpose. Every season that we go through has a purpose. Now, in saying that, I'm not saying God causes all of these seasons in our life to happen, but God wants to use all of these different seasons in our life for something beautiful in our life. See, God takes the bad and He makes it good. He can take a bad situation, something bad that's happened maybe because of our choice or maybe by something that just uh, someone else did to us or, or whatever that event is, and He can take that and He can turn it into something that is good. And, and so... Uh, that's why I think that we need to uh, be aware of what's going on in our life, what season that we're in. And just because you're in a tough season in your life doesn't mean that you've done something wrong or that you're a bad person. It's just a time and a season to where this is going on. Uh, just like you know the, the seasons that we have in nature, we, uh, are supposedly, we supposedly have four seasons here in Arkansas. Um, <laughs> Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but, you know, that just comes naturally. You know, it's just based on time, and, you know, we all love summertime, you know, to when everything's alive and growing and, and everything's green, uh, you know, but then fall comes, and, you know, we love the beautiful fall colors, but, you know, eventually all that falls away, and, like, all the trees are dead and the grass is dead, and it's just kind of blah, you know, and, and, but, you know, we know springtime's coming, and, and so we've got to realize in our spiritual life that, our spiritual life goes in seasons and, and that we got to be careful that we don't get caught up in whatever season that we're in and thinking that this is the end. This is the way it's always going to be because it's not. Every season comes to an end and a new season begins in our lives. And so the thing is not every season is one that we enjoy. Um, you know, I, winter is probably my least favorite season. <laughs> Amen. You know, just because I, I don't like the cold. You know, I, I, I don't like cold. And when it gets just like bitterly cold, I was like, I just want to stay inside, wrapped up in a blanket, not do anything. You know, I mean, that's just kind of what we want to do. But summertime, you know, you get out and you go and have fun. You might sweat a lot. You might get hot and get a sunburn. But, man, you're having fun, right? And, and so not every season is pleasurable, but we need to look for the good in every season. Because God is at work in every season of our life. Whether it's the good season or it's a tough season, we got to look for God and what He is doing and focus in on that. Because God wants us to be growing in every season in life. See, in nature, we need winter. We need it. I mean, we don't need it, but nature needs it. You know, those trees, they need that time of rest uh, that they get during the winter so that when spring comes, they have all that they need to grow and do what they need to do. Because if it was green all the time, then they wouldn't produce the harvest of, of fruit or whatever that thing produces. It wouldn't have that same type of harvest every time. And so nature needs a natural rest 
uh, that, that time of dormant, and, and I believe we do too. And so getting into this, uh, looking at the life of Moses, uh, I've got three different seasons that I want to talk about in the life of Moses and, and compare it to our lives. And, and what I want to do with each season is, is talk about what is it that we need to be doing during each season. Because there needs to be a consistency in our lives that within every season we do certain things. But with each season, uh, we're going, there's going to be some things that are just a little bit different, a little bit different focus in each season that we're in. So the three seasons I want to talk about in the life of Moses, and the one I'm going to talk about today is uh, the season of the Exodus and the Red Sea. You know, we always look at that story and think, you know, man, God is awesome. God did all this powerful stuff in, uh, in, in the lives of the Israelites and then bring them out of slavery and, uh, you, know, you know, getting them uh, out of that moment of slavery into a, a victory. But, you know, during the middle of that was not fun. You know, we think about the celebration of it all. We see the end result of it, but we don't necessarily think about what they went through. Because when Moses first showed up on the scene and he went to Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. And Moses, I mean, Pharaoh was just like, what are you talking about? Let your people go. I'm not going to do that. And so Pharaoh actually made it harder on the Israelites during that time. And the Israelites did not like that because he like doubled their work. And so there's lots of times in, in, in this season that it just feels like there almost feels like there's an oppression on us. And, and, you know, I'm going to call this one the fight because there's certain seasons that it's a fight. Isn't that right? We've all been through the fight. And, and one thing that we typically lose sight of during the fight is that we think this is, where, this is just how it's going to be. We've got to know that there's another season coming, that it's not always going to be a fight. Amen? All right, just make sure you're with me today. You're not always going to be in the fight. God's going to bring you through that, and there's going to be another season of, of rest and, and, and of joy in your life. So if you're in the middle of the fight today, don't think that this is the way it's going to be the rest of your life. Stand up and fight and get through it, and so you can get on to the next season in your spiritual walk. And so, uh, so the exodus into the Red Sea uh, is the fight. The next one I want to talk about next week is, is when he goes up on Mount Sinai and he's uh, in the presence of God. And, and this is one of those awesome times to where, you know, Moses, he was, I mean, in the presence of God. And I mean, God's speaking to him and pouring into his life. And, and we all love this season. I love this season when it's just like the floodgates are opening, God's speaking, you know, like it's just like, Oh, man, this is awesome. You know, God's doing something in our lives and things are happening and, and we're growing and we're learning and, and God's moving. And it's just like, oh, this is so awesome. That's a season that we go through in life. And the third one I want to talk about is the wilderness. The wilderness. And, and this is the one to where this is kind of our everyday life. This is the routine of life. That as we're going through it, you know, a lot, you know, we might not be on the mountaintop, but we're not in the fight, right? And, and we're going through this time of wilderness, and, and uh, we're going to talk about that the third week. And so, uh, but like I said, every season that we go through has a purpose. And I believe that we need to go through these seasons with a purpose. Because we don't like to be in the fight. We don't like to have that hard time in our life, but we need to be purposeful in that time and so that we allow God to grow us in that time. Because 
you know, just like our physical bodies, we have to get into the gym and work and we have to run and do cardio and do all that stuff for our bodies to get stronger. I don't know many people that say, man, I just love the gym. I mean, there's some of those weird people out there, you know, they, they just think it's just the most amazing thing in the world. And, um, you know, there is a, a time as you're working out that, you, you know, it, it does make your body feel better and, and, and you kind of get those endorphins from that. But I, I can't ever say that I enjoy lifting weights, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, I enjoy running. No, I don't enjoy running. There's nothing about running that I enjoy, okay. And that's why I don't do it probably. But anyway. So today let's talk about the fight. The fight. And, and as we look at the, the life of Moses, we're going to jump in Exodus chapter 3 here in a second and, and, and look at this. But God gave Moses a huge call. Just to kind of give you background on this, you know, most of us know the life of Moses, but not everybody might. But he, uh, he was born in Egypt, which at the time was the biggest uh, country, the, the strongest, most powerful country of the time. Uh, and and uh, Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. And so Moses was born, and, and, uh, and so long story short, Moses ends up into the palace of Pharaoh, raised as one of Pharaoh's sons, and, and he grew up there. And, and one day, like he knew he was an Israelite. He knew his fellow Israelites were in slavery and that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on the same plane as them, you know. And so he saw an Egyptian beating uh, an Israelite. And so he goes and he kills the Egyptian. And he, he hides the body in the ground and he's like, maybe I got away with this. And so next day, uh, you know, word gets out that he killed uh, an Egyptian. He has to run for his life and he runs out into the wilderness. Uh, he was about 40 years old at the time and he's out in the wilderness and uh, he, he uh, he's a shepherd out there. He's tending sheep. He gets married. He's having kids. And uh, God comes to him one day as he's tending sheep. And there is a, a we call it the fiery bush. Uh, there was a bush that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. In which that was probably not an unusual sight for Moses to see a bush on fire. But he said, this thing's not burning up. And so I want to go check this out. And so he goes over there and God begins to speak to him through the bush. And we see this in... Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them cry out because because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians to bring them up and out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk, and honey. At this point, Moses was like, oh man, that's awesome, God. That's, that's cool because that was on his heart. That's why he ended up killing that Egyptian because that was his heart that, you know, his people are in slavery and, and, and he wanted them out. He didn't want them to be under that oppression. And so God shows up. He's like, I've heard it. I've seen it. And, and I'm going to deliver. And Moses is like, yes, that is awesome, God. Verse 10. So now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. <laughs> Moses' tune changed just a little bit then. He's like, oh, hang on, God. <laughs> um, I can't do that. Are you kidding me? Uh, I, I can't go to Pharaoh and, and tell him to let all of the, the Israelites go. I mean, I stutter. I'm, not, I can't, I, I'm horrible at communicating. You know, who am I to do that? And, and he's starting to make all these excuses. But the call 
that God placed on Moses' life was huge. It seemed like an impossible task. Because you're talking about a million people who were enslaved in the most powerful country in the world. And see, the, the whole economic system was based on these slaves doing all of this work. So if all of the slaves are gone, then who's going to get to do the work then? The Egyptians will have to do it then. And, 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 and it's like, man, that, God, this doesn't make sense. How am I going to get these people who've been enslaved for hundreds of years out of Egypt and take them to a land that is good and plentiful, flowing with milk and honey. God, I can't do that. See, here's the thing, guys. When we're in this season of the fight, we're usually facing something that seems impossible. It, it could be a, maybe you're in a spiritual drought that you just like, you've gone down in this hole so far that you don't think there's any way that you could get out. Maybe you're facing depression and, and you're facing these uh, maybe suicidal thoughts and you just think, there's no way I'm going to get out of this. I mean, uh, this is just going to be my life. Let me tell you something. Our God is the God of the impossible. There is nothing too big for God to take care of. And, and this is what Moses is facing in this moment. He's looking at this impossible task like, God, what, how am I going to convince Pharaoh to let all of these slaves go who are the backbone of, of the economic system over there. And, and I love God's response. You know, he's like, Moses, what's in your hand? He's like, a stick. I got a stick in my hand. It's my shepherd's stick. And, and he said, throw it on the ground. And so he threw it in the ground and it turned into a snake. And you know, he's like, whoa, hey. <laughs> and, and then God says, pick it up. And so he picked it up and it becomes a stick again. And he said, what's in your hand is what I am going to use. For Israel to get out of slavery. See, when God calls you to something, he says, what's in your hand? What is it that God's already given to you that he wants to use to face the impossible in your life? And so God wants to not only call us to the impossible, to, but to get us through the impossible. See, it wasn't on Moses' strength that he did it. It was by the power of God that this happened. And, and, and that's the point. And so part of what the purpose is of uh, the fight season in our life is for God to prove that he is the God of the impossible. It's for us, it's, it's a faith-building exercise for us. Are we going to trust in him in this situation? Or are we going to try to trudge through this ourselves and hope we make it out alive? And see, we always need to be trusting in God in, these, in this time. Because the fight is tough. The fight is not fun. Nobody ever wants to be in the fight. And so we know the story, you know, the 10 plagues that God brought on to Egypt and Pharaoh's finally like, just get out of here. I mean, God basically destroyed all of the land of Egypt, all the crops, all the trees, all the cows, all the, anything that was anything was gone and Pharaoh's like, just get out of here. And so they're celebrating, man. They're lining up. They're, they they like got all of the gold and all of the stuff out of Egypt, and they're taking off, man. They're excited. We're no longer slaves. And, and then they come to the Red Sea. Now, I, I'm sure that Moses knew where he was going, right? I mean, he, he wasn't dumb. 
Uh, I mean, he, he's a shepherd. He's walked, he's walked along that country a lot. And so, but he's following the path of God. And I'm sure he's sitting there thinking like, God, you're leading us right to the side of the Red Sea. I mean, what are, what are we going to do? And so they get to the side of the Red Sea and, you know, and they're like all excited. We're no longer slaves. All right. And they turn around and the Egyptian army is right behind them. Red Sea, soldiers. Uh-oh. We're in trouble. But see, God's still the God of the impossible. There's sometimes that we get those little victories in life, but then we're just faced with the next one, right? And so we need to continue to trust in God. And so Moses goes to God, God, what are we going to do? He said, said, step out in the Red Sea, put your staff out there and see what happens. And so we know the story of how God split the Red Sea. And, and Israel, all one million of them, walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. Now, I, I love that part of the story. Because, you know, I mean, this thing's been underwater for forever. Do you know how muddy that thing was? I mean, if you've ever just kind of walked into a lake a little bit and, you know, you get that slimy, muddy stuff going between your toes and it's just kind of like, kind of freaks you out a little bit. And, and, but God splits the Red Sea, which is a miracle within itself, but it said they walked across on dry ground. See, when God does something in our lives, he does it right. He not only wants us to get through the Red Sea, but he's going to give us the dry ground to walk to. And so they walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. They get to the other side and they see the big, you know, the sea comes back together. The Egyptian army's still out there and they're drowning. And, and I'm sure that was a horrific sight, but they're free. They're on the other side of the Red Sea. They've made it through that season. See, God wants to get you to the other side of the Red Sea. God wants you to get to the other side of the Red Sea. He's provided the way to get you there. Are you willing to trust in Him and do it His way in order to get through this fight in this season? The fight. See, we've got to remember that no season lasts forever. That as we stand and we fight in this season of this coming out of addiction, of this coming out of sin, of this coming out of financial ruin, of this coming out of, uh, of a bad marriage, that God wants to do the impossible in your life. But see, what's our part in all of this? Because if it was all just God, then we're just along for the ride, that we don't have to do anything. But I believe that you know, God gave us free will and that there's a part for us to play in these different seasons. And see, I believe that no matter what, we need to be consistent in our walk with God in every season. We love the mountaintop experience. And it's easy to follow God in that season. But are we going to follow God in the fight too? Are we going to follow God in those struggle times? Or are we going to fall back to our old life because it's just easier to, to go back and start drinking again because that soothes the pain? Or are we going to trust in God in that time and be consistent in our walk with God? No matter what, if we're seeing God do anything in this moment, are we still going to be consistent and do the things that we know that we need to be doing? See, we need to be consistent in God's Word. No matter what's going on in your life, you need to be consistently putting God's Word into your heart and into your life. Every day, just consistently, consistently, just constantly putting that in. See, one thing that I've learned about that is that there's some days I don't want to do it. 
There's some days that I read God's word and it's like, I don't, I don't feel like I connected with God that day. And it was just kind of like, I, I got through it and I'm done. But you know what? As I consistently do that, the word of God is going into my heart, going into my heart, going into my heart. And the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit will bring things back to our remembrance. That's one of the, the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to lead and guide and to, to bring things back. There's things that I've read on some of those days that it didn't really connect with my heart that God brings back to me, though. Because it was a consistent putting in, putting in, putting in, putting in. You know, consistency is not always fun, is it? Discipline is not always fun, is it? Doing the same thing all the time is not always fun, but that's the thing that's going to change you in the long run. Are you all with me today? All right. This is good preaching, right? <laughs> Discipline. That's a shouting message right there. So what do we need to be doing in this time? Consistently being in God's word, consistently being in his presence, in prayer, in worship, in, in, in sharing our faith with people. That always needs to be the same. See, we can't always control the season that's going on on the outside, but you can control what's going on on the inside. You can control the season in here. And if we stay consistent in our walk with God, then it's always going to be the same here. See, we could be in turmoil out here, but still have peace here. And, and, and this is what we're getting to in the fight is that we got to learn to live in peace with God and keep that peace in our hearts that when the trouble comes that we don't get scared and we don't let fear take over and let our mind run wild to where we're thinking all of, I don't know about you, but I'm a worst case scenario guy. Right? When, when I'm thinking of something, when I'm processing something, I always go to worst possible scenario. And then I kind of reel it back in, right? You know, like, uh, I didn't come up with an example. I should have come up with an example for that. But, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm going to the county fair. I'm just making this up as I go, all right? No telling what's about to come out here. Going to the county fair. I hate going to the fair. Hate it. I don't like rides. I don't like spending ridiculous amounts of money for no reason. Uh, but, you know, I think like worst case scenario, I'm going to get on this roller coaster over here and I'm going to get sick and throw up and it's going to like my seatbelt's going to break and I'm going to fly out and I'm going to die. Okay, worst case scenario, right? Most likely that's not going to happen, right? And so now I can reel it back in a little bit and say, okay, now I might get sick on this ride. Like, like the Scrambler, I used to love the Scrambler as a teenager. Man, I get on that first, first time it goes, I'm going to, you know, just spray everybody over here, you know, and then spray everybody over here, you know. It would just be an awful thing. And so, I told you, I didn't know what was about to come <laughs> But, I, you know, that's kind of what I think. And we got to be careful that when we get into a, a, a tough time in our life, that we don't let our mind go to worst case scenario and stay there. Like, oh, no, I, I, I got this pain in my leg. Well, that means I got a tumor in my leg, and that means they're going to have to cut my leg off. You know, and, and then we stay there. It's like, oh, no, I got a pain in my leg. Let me go to God's Word. Let me see what God's Word says about this. See, that's where we need to go. That's where the consistency helps us out. And, and that when, when, when the, the world hits us in the face, when the devil hits us in the face, that we don't run over here, but we run right here. That we run to God. Say, okay, God, I see this is happening. God, I'm trusting in you. God, I know your word says this. 
I know your word says this. God, I'm going to stand in faith on your word. And I'm not going to let my mind wonder about worst case scenario. But I know that you're going to get me through this. It might not be the same thing that I picture in my mind you getting me through this. But I know you're going to get me through this in the best way that you know how. And I'm going to trust in that thing. And see, that's where we need to be in the fight. See, Moses, he was walking along. He was walking towards the Red Sea thinking, okay, God, uh, there's a Red Sea in front of us here. What are we going to do? We're going to have to swim. We're going to have to build a boat. Um, are you going to build a bridge? I mean, what, what's going on here? And, uh, you know, and, and we tend to overthink and overanalyze stuff instead of we just need to, okay, God, here's the situation. I'm waiting on you. What, what are you going to do? What do you need me to do? And, and so we, we're trusting in him. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. See, we're in, when we're in the fight, we got to be careful that we don't cower down from the fight. Okay? When something comes up in our life, we don't need to run in fear. Fear should never be our reaction to things in life. It, it, it fears something that will rise up on the inside of us, but that doesn't need to be our reaction to, to things in life. See, in Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power in his mighty power and put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. That doesn't sound like someone who's walking in fear and running, does it? No. It says be strong, not in yourself, but in the Lord and his mighty power and put on these things. Verse 12, it says, For our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. See, this needs to be our posture in the fight. This needs to be our thought process in the fight. Not like, oh, oh, what am I going to do? And we, we run and hide and we're, we're always in fear. But we need to, okay, here it comes. I'm, God, I'm going to stand in your power and your might. And, and, you know, we could talk a long time about the armor of God that, that it talks about in this chapter. But verse 12 is what I want us to focus on. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood. See, a lot of times we think that we're in the fight because of somebody else. Because somebody else is against me. Because that person at work's trying to get me fired. Or, or this person's trying to do this and this person's trying to do that. Let me tell you something. People are not your problem. If you begin to see people as your enemy, then you lo you've lost focus of the cross because the, the Bible tells us to love our enemy, to pray for those. And that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. See, his response to his enemies was to love and to give. If I begin to fight against people, then I'm fighting the wrong battle. We know that there's something behind those people that are trying to get to me. And so we don't, don't need to see people as our problem, but we need to see our enemy as our problem. That the devil is the one that's behind this and that we need to be fighting that spiritual battle, not a physical battle. And so we need to realize that as this is going on, like, okay, this is a spiritual thing that's happening. I believe that anything negative that happens in the world is a spiritual battle that we're going to be fighting. Okay? It might be produced by a person, 
But it's a spiritual thing that we're going to be battling. And so we don't need to go and attack people. But we need to be going at war with our enemy. And you know the beautiful part about when we go at war with our enemy? Is that we've already won through the blood of Jesus. He defeated the enemy at the cross. Our enemy is a defeated foe. And so we know that we're walking into this battle and we've already won. Now we're still going to have to battle. We're still going to have to go through the fight. We need to stand firm. We need to put on the armor of God. We need to, to do those things. But we know we're stepping in this already won, that we've already won the battle. And so that gives us a confidence in that we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live into wondering what's going to happen next. But we know because of what the God's word said. Amen. So what should we do during the fight? We need to stand and fight. Never back down from a fight. That's one thing, you know, like as a man, like never back down from a fight. Well, we need to get that off a of man and get that on our enemy. When our enemy comes against us with something, never back down from that fight. Because we've got to know that we've already won the battle. See, when Moses stepped out in faith, God's power showed up. Notice Moses never went to battle with Pharaoh. Never once did he have to do anything physical towards Pharaoh. But it was always the power of God that showed up when Moses stood up in faith and did what he was supposed to do. Let my people go. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, God's going to turn the, the Nile River into blood. And it killed all the fish. Well, God's going to do this. And it was always God that fought the battle. But Moses was the one that stood in faith. He put on the armor of God. He was ready. He didn't back down. Let me tell you something about after the eighth or ninth time that, that Pharaoh says no, I'm just like, okay, God, what, how long is this going to last? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we get this over? Hey, we just got to keep battling. Keep battling. Keep battling. Keep allowing God's power and his, his might to go to work for you. And then one day, that victory's coming. That day of victory will come. God knows how to accomplish the impossible. Maybe you're praying for that loved one that, that's walked away from God. Don't give up the battle. Maybe you're praying for that loved one that's caught in addiction. Don't give up the battle. Keep fighting. Don't fight the person. Fight the enemy. It's a spiritual war that we're fighting here. See, when we turn our focus and fight a person, then we're losing the battle. Because we're fighting the wrong thing. Keep battling spiritually for your loved one. Keep going. Keep battling against that depression in your heart because God will bring you victory. God will bring you victory in that area. Keep fighting. Keep battling. Keep standing on God's word. Keep standing in faith in that area because God is bringing the victory. You've got to know that you're already victorious in this area. Keep fighting. Keep battling. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. This is the confidence that we can have in him. It says, who will, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. And we consider ourselves to be sheep to be slaughtered. 
No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers or any height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, this is the confidence that we can stand in right here. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're battling. Nothing can stop you when you're battling in the Lord. When you're fighting the right fight. When you're battling the right thing. See, here's the thing. We need to trust God with the results. See, there's times when the result comes it's different than what you thought it was going to be. See, like when people were uh, expecting the Messiah, you know, all through time, you know, they were, they were waiting for the Messiah that the prophets were talking about and talking about he's going to be this awesome, mighty warrior and this thing. And they thought he was going to come and he's going to take over as king of Israel, that he was going to sit on a, a physical throne in Israel one day. But when the Messiah showed up, he didn't look like that, did he? See, he wasn't fighting a physical battle. And that's why he never became a physical king. But he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And he was fighting a bigger battle than anything physical. And so he fought that battle. And so when, when the Israelites saw Jesus, they didn't think Messiah because he didn't fit the picture in their mind. Let, let's not get caught up with the picture in our mind and let God do his work. Because the result might look a little bit different than what you got pictured in your mind. Don't let that stop you from allowing God to do a work in your life. Just real quick as, I, as we wrap up here. Just throw out a couple of other thoughts. See, just because your season changes doesn't mean that you're a bad person or a good person. Or that you've done everything right or you've done something wrong. See, seasons change. They go in cycles. See, we can set on a calendar when each season is coming in our physical world. We've got to know that in, each, in our life, there's going to be different seasons spiritually that we go through. And that we've got to be ready to know that this season is going to come to an end. If you're in the fight right now, this season is going to come to an end. There's going to be good times ahead. Know that as we stay in Christ and we, we do what we need to do, the, the fight will end. And we're going to get to have that mountaintop experience with God. You might be in the mountaintop right now. You might be on Mount Sinai with God where he's speaking and he's doing. And, and I mean, it's just one of those awesome times of learning. Know that this season will come to an end. Not because you did something wrong, but that's the way seasons go. And that you're going to go into the wilderness. Maybe you're in that wilderness right now where everything's just kind of calm and everything's going along. And be consistent. But know that that season's going to come to an end and the fight's going to come again. See, we never want the fight, but the fight shows up sometimes. And we've got to be ready for that. Be ready. See, if we get lazy on the mountaintop or if we get lazy in the wilderness and the fight shows up, it's going to catch us off guard. And we might have to do a little repair before we get going. Never let a season define you. Never let a season define you. Maybe you're in that tough time right now. Maybe you're battling through a, a situation in your life. And it wasn't your fault, but something somebody has done to you. Don't let that define you. 
Don't let that thing define you. Don't let that be your thing. Let God be your thing. Roll out of that thing that's happening to you. Defeat it and move on. So that's one thing I love hearing Jason say. You know, when you're in AA or something like that, you know, you, you know you're always an alcoholic. You know what? I believe God delivers you from that. That you don't always have to be labeled as an alcoholic, as a drug addict. But that's a season in your past that's been defeated and you've moved on. Don't let that define you. Don't let that be your thing. Let God be your thing and what he wants to do in your life. See, I think lots of times, even in our testimony, there's something back there that, that God is using through our testimony. But if we're not careful, we always tie ourselves to that thing. And that's the way we're known as. I want to be known as a victor in Christ. Someone who has overcome, someone who has pressed on. No matter what that thing is, I want to be known as an overcomer. Someone who's thriving in Christ and someone that, that God is working in their life. And that I can be an example for other people to see that, hey, yeah, I might be in this situation now, but I can become that. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Prayer team, go ahead and come forward. Father, I thank you today. God, that you have made us overcomers. Father, I lift up those today that are in the middle of the fight. God, who are struggling, who are, who are fighting, who are standing in faith. Maybe someone who's, whose faith is failing right now. God, I lift them up to you, God. I just pray that you'd strengthen their hearts. God, that you draw them back into your word and into your presence. God, I thank you that we are victorious in Christ. God, help us to have that mindset. Don't let us become victims, but let us be victors in you. God, don't let us always be defined by the failures of our past, but help us to be defined on who you called us to be in our future. God, I just pray that you just strengthen each and every one of us that's in the fight. God, reassuring us, God, that victory is coming. The end of the fight will come and we'll be victorious. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Can we all stand today?